Okay. That's is that a problem? Is that a problem? <laughs> <laughs> Not a problem. It's too late now, isn't it? It's I can't really now. change my voice. Sorry, you need to go back yeah. and get born again. <laughs> 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 This is Layers, a conversation about building brands with more depth. In my opinion, visual identity changes everything. Mm -hmm. It creates feelings, conveys personality, transfers energy, attracts, fosters loyalty. You can maybe even charge a bit more, boost your revenue. And yet, yet. despite its mystical influence, (laughs) many companies shun its usefulness so today we're conversating about crafting visual identity. Mark, g'day. Hey Dave. That was a very inspiring intro today. Oh, You're getting <laughs> even more spiritual every time, I think. Uh, all right, so let's talk about visual identity. What yep. is it? Well, I mean, we talked last week about messaging being the personality of a brand and mm-hmm. conveying that. And visual identity, I guess, at a superficial level is the good looks that go along with that personality. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it's interesting up to episode five and I think we're only now starting to talk about what most people think of as branding. Yeah, true. Which is the logo, I guess, and and all the the other visuals that go along um, with how a brand looks. So, yeah, I mean, I think more broadly it's kind of the beacon for your brand. You know, it's it's how people recognize you, you know, that first visual impression. And I think where I guess it originally came from, the idea of a logo more purely is... Something that, you know, you refer back to or you see, it's like that one constant thing at the center of everything. You know, we talked at the very beginning about branding being all these thoughts and feelings that you aggregate over time about a brand. And to me, the logo is kind of the the bucket or the, you know, the, the memory prompter that then triggers all those feelings, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. It's also, I think, you know, your sense of style in the same way that a person has a sense of style and how you dress and do your hair and those sorts of things conveys certain things about you personally. I think we, as you said at the top there, start to, I guess, make up our own mind of, about the way that a brand looks, what that means and the feelings that it evokes for us. So it's very influential for sure. Yeah. I mean, you make a good point of that identity is not just simply a logo mm. it, it extends far far beyond that it's yeah. it's things like it's practical things like colors yeah um and color has a huge influence on feelings right i mean we could do a whole podcast on, <laughs> on color theory yeah i sure. mean there's, there's a lot of territory to kind of cover there yeah. um but patterns i mean we often often look at ways to extend a brand through through the patterns um not unlike your shirt that you're wearing today <laughs> and yours <laughs> and you got the fly pattern on your shirt um uh, you know, illustrations um, play such a, an interesting role in mm. in identity projects as well, too. So um, there's there's actually a lot that goes goes into a, a visual identity. Yeah, photography is um, another huge one. Yeah, photography is a great one. So yeah, I mean, and then I guess you know when you take identity, it, you can and you apply it to stuff. It goes it goes across a lot of things. For for some companies that might just be a website, but but for others there's both physical and digital touch points where this all kind of manifests. So we'll get into that a little bit later on, but yeah. um what what do you what's your view on uh, what makes a great identity? Yeah. I think I mean identity almost to me is the the biggest area where execution comes into play, like actually 
having the the skills and the understanding the nuances and and that sort of thing to actually execute and create something stand out um you know i mean the the very basis of where it starts like everything we do is back in the strategy and you know all those insights that we've uncovered to arrive at a brand position and a brand personality you know we want the visual style to reflect on those things of course but then it takes a lot of i guess understanding and nuance to actually bring that to life and what i mean by that a lot is that we often hear a lot of the same things when we talk to clients about what visual you know what they want their visual identity to be like you know everyone wants modern everyone wants fresh everyone wants simple but yeah like or, or make me look like nike and apple <laughs> well get a lot of that too because they're modern and fresh yeah, right right yeah but you know like turning that into something unique for their brand is actually really quite hard so i think you know it's you know, maybe it's a bit self-serving to say, but like having that understanding of how to take what they're after and make it unique um, and execute it for them to a high level, you know, is, is definitely is definitely a challenge. Yeah, I mean, I would also just kind of add to that that you know, the, in terms of what makes a great identity, I mean, I see identity. Maybe veneer is the wrong word to use, but identity is is this. Yeah, you know, the visual identity is is the veneer, but but I think the what makes a great brand identity is actually building that that depth of like larger values or larger ideals. Mm. And when they reference that, yeah. I think that to me is the difference between like something that you just slap together and something that actually has real meaning and impact. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the other ways I think to think about that execution idea too in the sense that you want to be meaningful but you also don't want to be too literal, right? So, you know, obviously often the very obvious example of like what a you know an icon or something that could be that could be the mark alongside the brand is too obvious you know but we're sitting here still saying you want it to convey meaning and personality too so finding that balance i think is really hard right so an example of that might be I'm a tire company, and so I'm gonna have a t- I'm gonna have a tire in my logo. Well, I'm literally looking out the window right now at a bodyboarding logo that has a very elaborate bodyboarder in the t- is the T in the in, in the word of the logo. And you were gonna say the name then, weren't you? Yes, <laughs> I shouldn't shame them, but yeah, you know. Um, so I think that's just a good example of understanding those those nuances and getting that balance right. You know, between conveying meaning but not being too obvious. Yeah, I mean, you want something that's timeless as well you know not too trendy i think you know the best brand identities um sort of i guess have that timeless quality i mean you think again about apple but also i guess yeah nike coke all those you know they're very simple and timeless um, a lot of the times yep um yeah for sure yeah i mean the other thing too we've, I mean, we've banged on consistently about this which is quite ironic but consistency is another huge thing that i think makes a great uh, brand identity you know so making sure that everything every i guess visual that you're putting out there in the world um sort of follows that same through line you know to the point where you know you just know when you see it you know like you know an ikea ad when you see it you know you know an ikea ad when you see it like there's that consistency i think that's a key part of a great brand identity yeah, and I think particularly for, for smaller companies as well too, recall is a big factor. Like mm. if you don't have the budget of a big multinational yeah. where you can be splashing in every newspaper, every social media channel, you, you just don't, you don't have the resources. 
your identity becomes even more critical in, yeah. in, in that landscape. Yeah. I think that goes to, again, one of the previous chats we've had about differentiation, you know, creating an identity that's a bit distinct, you know, in your market in particular too. Like um, we've seen examples where, for example, a small um, brand that we might help in the legal space, we then might pick a very distinct color, you know, and so then you use that color and image treatment. So it goes along with the photography It's part of the main logo. You use it, you know, in the right balance on the website, but suddenly you start to associate that color very distinctly with that brand, you know, cause it's unique for their industry and, and helps them stand out. And as you say, builds that recall because you're seeing it all the time consistently through everything they're doing. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what, what what do you think? Let's assume that we've we've arrived at a point where we've got a great identity. What what does it do for a company, and how does it help? Do you do you believe? I mean, just just anecdotally, I've looked into to to some of the the core benefits, and it's really interesting because there's some great kind of bottom line, mm. um, you know, kind of profit driven um, benefits to to looking into visual identity. Yeah, I mean, I think the the first thing as we were just talking about then is making yourself recognizable. Yeah. You know, so recall, I guess, is the the most bare baseline, I guess, of identity is, you know, can you recognize, you know, that brand when you see it? And then I guess the next level up to me is then conveying some sort of meaning or feeling that you want to convey. You know, I think trust is a big one that almost comes out every time. And that can be just as simple as like, does this brand look legit? You know, is it just, if they've executed it to a, a nice level of design, you know, to me that almost always creates this instant trust of like, yes, this is a reputable brand that I can, you know, feel safe giving my money to. Yeah. And that's a, that's such a big one. I mean, even though we're in the game and we understand how it works, even as early as yesterday, I was on a website and I was looking for transcription services actually for this podcast. And I was looking, I was looking at two of the, the, the first um, uh, results that were served up to me. And the first one had actually a really decent brand it looked very much like a, a SaaS product mm-hmm. and then the other one looked like it had been designed in 1995 mm-hmm. both getting very similar seo results mm-hmm. um so you now most both must be getting great traffic mm-hmm. but from it wasn't even really a choice in the end the pricing was roughly the same actually the one that i ended up going for was slightly more expensive but mm-hmm. it felt like i could trust them more because of the way that the identity yeah. played out that's the thing i mean for better or worse, we're human beings and we're somewhat superficial creatures, you know. We so are, yeah. We're not just even trust, but desire, I guess, has a lot to do with, with looks. Um, so, certainly, I guess, creating not just trust, but desire is another big part of um, a great identity. And that can mean different things for different businesses. Beyond that, I think you start to get into what are the specific feelings that I'm trying to or thoughts that I'm trying to convey for any unique brand. Um, but yeah, like certainly in terms of that decision factor between, you know, two products, one that has great design and, and good identity and another that's, you know, subpar, like that's just such a huge advantage, you know, for that one company. And I think even more and more like the standard just gets higher and higher these days for what people expect, you know, as a baseline of, of, oh, okay, that looks legit or, you know, that looks like something that I'd want to be a part of. It just keeps getting higher. 
Yeah, I mean, I think um, for me, uh, identity is about story as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I probably use the example of, of trying to select a restaurant. So let's say you're in a brand new area that you've never been before. Let's say you're on a weekend away with your babes and, you, <laughs> and, you, and you're trying to find a restaurant and you... You, you don't really have any sense of, of what's good. I mean, let's let's just imagine for a moment we're also not using our app <laughs> <laughs> to, yeah. to to read a review, but we're just we're just working purely based off identity. And when I pick up a menu, it to me it's telling me a, a story, mm. like based on the typeface that they chose, based on the on the things that are actually on the menu, the way that they message on that menu, the entire design of the restaurant. Like I'm looking for the visual cues to make a, a decision. And I think brands just largely work like that. Like oh, we're, sure. we're looking for these visual cues that kind of create a story in our mind about yeah. about how how we will or will not patron these um, these businesses. Yeah. Well you start to you make those links and connections of okay, well they clearly care, you know, right? So yeah. they care about how the menu looks. They care about putting effort into the ambiance. Okay, your brain leaps to then they care about how good the food's going to be. They care about where their ingredients come from, you know. So, you very quickly your brain makes these connections between what things look like and the effort that's gone into that and then what you think that means about what the service or product will be like, the experience will be like. Absolutely, yeah. That's a big one. I mean, the other one for me is is that identity, identity that it makes you make you feel something. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the the holy grail, I think, and we've we've covered this a little bit in some of the other chats that we've had. But but where it's creating an emotional response um, to a piece of design, essentially, yeah. is it, to me is, is is something to always strive for as a, as a brand. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing for me is influence. So mm-hmm. I think identity paves the way for, for for influence. And what I mean by that is when you cr- put across story to create meaning, it translates to feelings, and then you have the permission to influence your your audience. So mm-hmm. it sounds a bit formulaic in a way, <laughs> um, but this influence is the thing that actually helps you have the. the conversation with customers, and that conversation then turns browsers into buyers, mm-hmm. and then. We have to remember where did that sequence start off? It started off right at the very top, which is with with identity. Yeah. So, so you're saying there are that almost identity is that first door to be open, like that first gate for people to jump over in the sense of like if the identity is not there, then people aren't going to go on that the rest of that journey with you. Yeah. I mean, how many times do you hear sales guys say, oh, we just need more leads mm. and, and we'd be able to convert more, more, more sales? Yeah. But- but that's actually not the problem. You don't need more leads. You need you need a better conversation that happens above that, mm-hmm. and that's a conversation that's probably happening silently. Yeah, and that's probably had through identity. Yeah, cool. The other one is is vibe. I think mm-hmm. um, I think vibe's a really important thing. Every time I say vibe, I just think of <laughs> the, castle. <laughs> the castle. It's Marvo. Yeah, it's the constitution. It's brand identity. It's brand yeah. identity. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. That must be in the bloopers reel. I don't remember that line. Yeah. But I think I think the thing about um, vibe is you want to own your vibe. So I think um, truthful um, personality attracts the customer that you really want. And we've talked about how the, the the vibe that you put out in your messaging or in your positioning um, is is really important. And I think that flows all the way through the identity line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting to even reference back to messaging too when you talk about identity like we're talking about them in silos but we see it so often that 
they do overlap and they, you know, it's when they combine together that gives you the strongest outcome, you know, to say, to see a great visual that actually references the messaging, you know, so there's a tie between say the image that you're seeing and then the words that go alongside it, like they, they don't operate independently of each other. You know, we actually do them at the same time because you often find, oh, you know, you'll write a great line and then that will influence you to be like, oh, okay, well, what's the visual that should go with that? And vice versa, you know, might come up with a great visual concept and then that might influence what you want to say around it. So certainly putting that story together in both visuals and words is is really powerful. Yeah, and just to build on that, I mean, I think the the last point on this for me is is clarity. Mm -hmm. Like um, uh, identity, when done really well, should bring absolute clarity to your your customer about what you do and how you do it. Um, and you think about the example of a of a billboard, for example, mm-hmm. um, and you know so it's it's around this idea of like you, you can't you can't build a company for everybody. You've yeah. got to build it for somebody. Mm-hmm. And 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 if we take that mantra into identity, I think um, the the clarity piece comes. Okay, that's where it goes right. Yep. Where does it go wrong? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, um, when it goes wrong, it's. Um, it's it's an interesting place to to be in for a brand. I think. I mean, one one example that comes to mind for me is um, Tim Ferriss. God, God love him. He's a mm-hmm. he's he's one of my favorite podcasters. But as far as his his identity goes, um, his identity is really like early two thousands, maybe <laughs> late late nineties. And I I never really understood it. Yeah. I, I never because his content is so good and his his audience size is huge. And he and and I think. Well, maybe he just doesn't care because he's because <laughs> he's got he's got the success that he wants. Yeah. He doesn't really care about all facets of it, and p- potentially, you know, it goes to the question of you know how important is identity. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I wonder if you asked him if he would actually say, and this would totally be in line with his messaging. Yep. Which is that for him in his kind of four-hour workweek mentality of almost like ship it and just do what's good enough and, you know, blah, 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 that that aesthetic actually sort of lines up with his messaging. Like he's, in his world or in his mind, like that's the level he needs to be at for his brand. And it's almost conveying his message of like, don't worry about that stuff, get on with the other important work. Yeah, and this is the great unknown, right, is mm. and maybe, maybe he has done a bunch of A-B testing around <laughs> this, but, but I think – how many customers has he potentially left by the wayside? I mean, he has a huge global following, but but maybe that could be two times, yeah. or it could be ten x. Like you just you really don't know yeah. unless unless you were to go down that um, that identity you know rabbit hole and mm-hmm. and and think about how identity actually plays into his brand. Yeah. What about for you? Yeah, I mean, one that I talked about before, I guess, is when you just, I think, try too hard, you know, right. try and put too much meaning and you end up with something quite literal um, in the brand. You know, usually when you, you try too hard, it goes too far. Another one I think that we see a bit is where you don't sort of, I guess, get buy-in that it's about the whole identity, the whole visual identity, you know, the whole palette. You know, a lot of people think, oh, we'll just keep the logo and change everything around it, like not understanding that the whole thing fits together, you know. So the way that the the photography style and image treatment is chosen, you know, is intentionally done alongside the colour choice, is intentionally matched with the right patterns and typefaces and 
and the logo that it's sort of this, I guess, almost ecosystem where every part influences another. So not buying into that and thinking you can just change a few bits and it's all easy, you know, is, is another common mistake that we see. And I guess even more to that is just, you know, when you can tell that there's no investment beyond the logo itself, you know, you get the logo done, tick the box, I've got my brand identity. You know, we just find, I think, that the more the more layered, the more um, interest and, you know, distinctiveness that you can build around the logo through all these other tools, you know, that are available from a visual style point of view, it just makes for such a richer identity that, you know, is more likely to convey feelings, is more likely to be consistent, is more likely to be distinctive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, 100% agree with that. And then, I mean, the last and probably biggest one for me is just that consistency piece again, you know, we see that you get the first bit right, you design the website nicely, you might do the first brochure, great, but then, you know, thing the wheels just kind of fall off over time. So, you know, suddenly you've got an email newsletter template that, maybe uses a slightly off green or, you know, like just doesn't, doesn't really tie back to that original aesthetic completely and you lose that consistency or even quality too, you know, like the, the level at which the initial branding is done is not maintained, you know, cause it's, you know, as we said off the top, so much of this is in the execution and, mm. and really having that design eye, um, so we definitely see a bit of that where it starts great and then kind of falls off. Falls off the wagon. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I mean, maybe if we turn our attention to good examples, to the good, the stuff. good stuff, and, and maybe that's maybe a good place to end on as well too is to think about some of the great examples that we've that we've seen um, or that we admire right now. The one that comes to mind for me is probably Moment, which is the um, photography company. So they make these little lenses that go on, on iPhones. Um, so there's a little case that you buy and then the, the lens clicks into the case and we're actually using a couple to, to film this um, podcast at the moment. Mm-hmm. For me, like it's a very clean aesthetic. Mm-hmm. They're very super polished. It's mostly imagery driven, which kind of makes a lot of sense given yeah. that they're, a, they're a, a lens company. Mm-hmm. So they're really kind of living their values, I guess, is probably an, a nice way to think about it. They've sort of got this very hipster kind of vibe about it, but they skate between like that pro-consumer mm-hmm. Um, pro user, sorry, and, and consumer. And there's a real honesty or integrity to, to the brand. And you'll see it if you go onto their website. There's just this really clean aesthetic. So I think they're a, they're a company that's doing a really good job. So check them out maybe. What about for you? Yeah, I mean, the one that came to mind for me was actually just Airbnb. Um, I mean, their logo itself copped a bit of flack, you know, when it first got redesigned. Yeah. Maybe it was a bit suggestive in some people's <laughs> mind of what it actually represented. I don't but... know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Just have to go look it up for yourself. <laughs> right. That's everybody's homework. Um, but I think to me, I guess, even be thinking beyond the logo, like just their, their color palette, the the sort of organic feeling, you know, of the the shape of the logo, the, you know, the typeface that they choose. It just all, to me, really comes back to the sorts of values and feelings that I think they want to convey. You know, everything's sort of very welcoming. It's homely. Um, you know, certainly the typefaces are friendly. The color palette is soft and, you know, sort of warm in its own way. But even like, you know, looking beyond that, I think, all the work that they've done on their photography and even then setting the standard for other people submitting photography to the site. Like you, 
you open up the home page and every destination there looks warm and inviting, you know, so they've really extended it beyond, you know, just the logo throughout the whole platform, even down to how other people submit content to the site. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great example. Yeah. Good stuff. And if there was, if there was one takeaway, if there was one thing about, about brands that you were to kind of leave on the table here tonight, today, Mm -hmm. what, what, what would that one thing be? Do you think? Yeah, I think for me, it would be that, that it is really something worth investing in and not just that initial investment, but whatever that looks like for you is, is how can you create that consistency over time, you know, to make sure that whatever those thoughts and feelings were that you started out with trying to convey that and, you know, if trust and quality and, you know, premium, whatever, you know, those things are for you in order to keep them and maintain them, you're going to have to keep investing in your brand over time. Good call. All right. It's a good place to finish. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Dave. All right. Cheers.